Welcome to the Extras, the Oakland Athletics Edition. Hello, everybody. I'm Allison Footer, and I'm here with Jane Lee for our final conversation before Jane will be joining us from Arizona, which is always an exciting time. That means that spring training is finally here. Jane, um, there's a couple uh, ticky-tacky off-season things that are still going on. Um, kind of a major thing with Blake Trinan. I mean, it wasn't a question that he was going to be on the team, but there was a question about how much money he was going to make. And boy, he's going to make a lot of money. So he won his arbitration case. So just tell us a little bit about uh, the circumstances around that. Yeah, he is um, going to be making a lot of money. And I think, um, you know, well-deserved money. Um, he was making 2.15 last season and he got a $4.25 million raise um, to bring it to $6.4 million, um, which I guess is a record for a reliever going from his first to his second year of arbitration eligibility. Um, and, you know, this is this is really good for him. I mean, there's a reason, you know, he went, and, you know, um, decided to go through with this thing. It's not always the most um, easy process. It can be a little awkward and you when you pit, you know, your team, um, your employer against yourself. And I'm sure some things are said, you know, in that room that can be a little uncomfortable. Um, but, you know, trying and believed he deserved this money. The A's had filed at 5.6 million. Um, and he, you know, you have to give him credit because he really does, you know, deserve this type of raise after the year he had. Um, I still think he wasn't talked about um, as much as he should have last year. Um, he wasn't all-star, um, but the season he had, I still think, you know, just kind of went under the radar. And I think that just comes along with being in Oakland Um you know, that just is, is kind of the norm um, for them. But I mean, you look at his numbers and just incredible beyond the saves. Um, he had close to 30, close to 40 saves. Um, I mean, he had a 0.78 ERA, which is just, <laughs> it's ridiculous um, over the course of the season. Um, I mean, he was, I remember, you know, asking guys, you know, toward the end of the season, um, just about MVP candidates. And I mean, so many guys mentioned him. Um, in that conversation, which, you know, for a closer is really remarkable. So um, really, um, you know, deserving for him. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think that he'll kind of miss a beat this year, just considering how consistent he was last year. You have to wonder if the A's pretty much knew that that's the, that's the way this thing was going to go. Um, with that, just like you said, with everything that he contributes to the team and his numbers were ridiculous. Um, I, I know you have to go through the arbitration process, um, but it seemed like when you're, you know, so much of the arbitration, uh, the whole thing is, is based on, you know, where you stack up to your peers, to people with the same amount of service time, uh, with the same, you know, kind of job, uh, if you will. And so it's pretty much seemed like I mean, he had to have felt pretty confident going into this, would you imagine? For sure. And, you know, you look at, um, you know, the, the differences between the two sides, it's $800,000, which for most teams, you know, you would think that they would just be like, you know what, we'll give him the money. Or, you know, maybe the player's agent is like, you know what, let's just settle here. Um, but for the A's, $800,000, um, I mean, you know, the way I was thinking about it, keep going back to this Jonathan Lucroy thing, just because I, I really um, am just astonished that they couldn't, you know, give him the money that the angels did. But, you know, I look at what I heard was, you know, around the A's offer and what the angels ended up giving them. And it's around that $800,000 mark. So, you know, this is um, a big difference for them. And, 
you know, I think they were just kind of holding their ground and, you know, they, they don't lose a lot of these things. I mean, they rarely go to these things. Um, and when they do, they don't lose often. Um, I think Chris Davis last year, you know, was the first time in maybe a decade at least that, you know, had gone in against the A's and won. Um, so for Trinan's camp to decide to go forth with this, I mean, yeah, they had to be pretty confident. And I mean, now we see why. Yeah, so the um, the A's have kind of brought back an, uh, a familiar face into the fold. They signed uh, Jerry Blevins, who started his career with the A's. So they have inked him to a minor league deal uh, with an invitation to spring training, um, which is, you know, kind of a cool little story. But also he's, uh, you know, a pretty still effective uh, pitcher. Um, so I guess that would be a boost for the A's if he can, you know, kind of continue what he's done in the past. Definitely. I like this a lot. Um, I was surprised that he got a minor league deal just because, I mean, even though he is, you know, 35 now, um, I mean, he's had a long track record of success against, especially against left-handed opponents. So um, I was a little surprised to see his deal come in that form. But, um, you know, if he does make the team, if he's on the big league roster, um, he has a chance to make $1.5 million. Um, and I suspect that he'll find his way onto the team, um, if not right when the season opens and very shortly after, just because the A's don't have a ton of options from the left side. I mean, right now, Ryan Bookter is the only other guy. Um, and Bookter's not necessarily, you know, strictly a situational guy, whereas Blevins would give them that option. Um, it is going to be kind of a, a crowded race for those spots in the bullpen. Uh, I know last year and the year before, they... They carried eight most of the time. Um, So, you know, we'll see how it shakes out, but they have so many candidates right now. Um, So I'm kind of curious to see how Blevins fits in, but, you know, just getting another veteran guy in the fold, a guy that, you know, has been around so long. It's crazy to think that um, he's had, you know, a 12 year career. I feel like I remember when he was just coming up, um, you know, broke into the big leagues with the A's in 07, um, one of my favorites um, in my time covering the team, just um, just a great guy, you know, always treated media with respect. Um, and so personally, I'm happy that he's back. And I know the A's are too. And it was interesting to see the timing on this because, you know, Sandy Alderson um, just came over from the Mets. Jerry Blevins just spent four years with the Mets. Um, so I'm sure, you know, this was one of those things where, you know, they went to Sandy and, and had those conversations and decided this was a good fit for both sides. Yeah, I can see this actually working out pretty well. First of all, he's a highly entertaining guy. Not that anyone cares except for media, but he's a very funny person. Um, and also, yeah, I think that somebody like him, he could be kind of rejuvenated by uh, a team that's good and uh, a team that uh, you know relies heavily on its bullpen and gets so many results. And I would think that he'd probably fit in pretty well there. Like you said, everybody can always use a left-hander. So uh, this actually makes perfect sense. Um, let's get to the bullpen topic and we like to spotlight a, a different player every week uh, heading into spring training, somebody that the fans are familiar with but might have an interesting story or something to keep our eye on. And certainly Liam Hendricks, um, given the way that his season ended last year, uh, major And So where do you see this um, working out for him, especially with the A's doing their bullpenning thing and possibly using an opener? Yeah, this was uh, Liam was such an interesting case last year. Um, One of the more wacky storylines, you know, struggled at the beginning of the season. He was designated for assignment at one point, um, eventually outrighted. 
to AAA. And then, you know, September 1st comes, the A's have just no rotation pieces left, essentially. And they decide, you know what, let's try out this opener thing. And they did it with Lamb. Um, he was really the only guy, um, for the majority of the time, at least, you know, to do this. And I mean, he filled this role for the entire month of September every few days and did it well. And that's why, you know, the A's decided to go the unconventional route and start him in the wild card game. Um, and I know that that still is, you know, drawing criticism just because of the way, you know, the game um, ended up for them. But, you know, I don't think that's going to make them shy away from using an opener again. Um, you know, they would, of course, love to have five traditional starters. Um, but that's just becoming, um, harder to do, um, these days and to, you know, to keep five starters healthy year round. So they're very much open to using an opener again, um, and tendered a contract to Liam Hendricks. So he will be back. And right now, I mean, he is, you know, the, the most sensible candidate for that role, um, should they choose to use an opener. I think it'll kind of depend on how things shake out with the rotation, who's in there. Um, if there's guys in there that they feel need an opener in front of them, um, then I would su suspect, you know, that job would go to Liam. Um, so, it, you know, we were just talking about the bullpen and, you know, selecting eight guys. And, um, you know, at this point, I would think that Liam has to be in there if, if they see this opener thing um, you know, being part of their plan for the year. So um, just super interesting because, I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago where it seemed like he wouldn't pitch for the team again. And now um, he's kind of back front and center in the conversation, um, you know, in this untraditional way. Um, but I don't think that the A's, it sounds like, are the only team, you know, that are going to utilize an opener. Um, so we'll see how it goes. And um, I'm also curious if there's guys in camp, you know, that they start to identify as someone that um, can can do this job too. So I can't imagine that, you know, if they do do this routinely, that it's Liam every single time. No, I can't imagine that. And they're going to have to, yeah, they have a lot to just decide and work out and make sure they have to get everybody on board, which was a little bit of, I think, an issue toward the end of the season with, with ever, all the changes that they were making while they were on their way to, you know, winning almost a hundred games. So oh, such an interesting, such an interesting team to follow. Um, speaking of interesting, I, we have been asking uh, the reporters just to give us sort of what they look forward to when they go to spring training. Um, you know, we talked to T.R. Sullivan with the Rangers, who, of course, has been doing this about five times longer than you have, Jane. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you look forward to when you get to spring training? And uh, even though you're gearing up for a long process with a, just a few days off, but it's still super fun. Uh, what do you like about what do you like about this time of year? Yeah, there's a few things. I think there's just this, you know, renewed energy, optimism, um, and really as reporters, um, you know, it's just such a more relaxed environment. Um, I'm sure you can relate, you know, you get down to spring training and um, guys are just so much more comfortable and easy to talk to because um, spring just has such these, you know, easy, calm vibes um, around it. And everyone, you know, there's hope for everyone. Um, and, you know, there's not many bad days. I feel like no matter the team, the player, you know, usually the good days outweigh the bad. Um, so I think it just makes the job a little easier. Um, you know, guys are just a little more relaxed. Um and so the, those conversations I tend to enjoy, you know, a lot during spring. Um, 
And then personally also, you know, just the, <laughs> the dining aspect, there's a lot of um, good food in Arizona, which you wouldn't necessarily, um, you know, suspect. I don't think, you know, you think around the country and you, you know, pinpoint Arizona as like a foodie place. Um, but there's just so many options. And, you know, when you get so many reporters in one area, um, which isn't the case, you know, most of the season, it is fun to, you know, catch up with so many people and, you know, have so many friends in, in a single place. And especially in Arizona, where we're all pretty much bunched together. Um, cause I know in Florida, that can be difficult when you're spending so many or, um, so many hours of your day in the car, you know, driving from one end of the state to the other, but in Arizona, everyone's within, you know, about 45 minutes, it seems. And, you know, it makes just getting together, um, you know, dinners that much more easier. Yeah, no, it's so much better in Arizona than Florida. Speaking as somebody who's been to both, uh, it is a <laughs> world out there in Arizona. So uh, good times. All right. Thank you, Jane, so much for joining us. Thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Oakland Athletics Edition. And we'll catch you at spring training. Sounds good. Thanks, Allison.